Hey, so uh, you guys use the CLI to AOT that PWA, right? Okay, cool. You know, just tossing around some Angular acronyms around the office today. What's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. Uh, today, we are going to be discussing discovering Angular content, a topic I'm pretty excited about. Uh, as somebody who's excited about self-learning and always staying on the cusp of uh, kind of the buzz of what's going on in our community. Uh, that's, we're going to talk about all these techniques and stuff, way, where we discover our content at, and, and hopefully share with the viewer uh, some techniques that you guys can do uh, to discover content as well, stay abreast on the latest Angular news. Uh, our panelists today that we got joining us, we've got Mike Brocky. Mike, how's it going? Not too bad. I appreciate you throwing out the CLI acronym at the beginning. Yes, yes. And uh, Austin McDaniel, uh, AKA NG Panda, still staying strong. How's it going? How's it going, guys? It is so cold down here in Florida. It was 46 this weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cold. Uh, all right, cool. Well, uh, our guest today, we have Michel Ila Lear. Sorry, I'm trying to watch that name. And then uh, Gerard Sanz joining us. Uh, Hello, guys. How are you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> cool. And Michelle, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Good to have you guys. All right, so um, let, let's get talking about this topic. First of all, let's uh, get some more introductions about uh, our guests here. And why don't you guys tell us about what you guys do on a regular basis in terms of working with Angular code and stuff, and then these other projects that you got going on. Gerard, do you want to start? Yes, sure. So. I um I left my uh, my consultant job uh, late last year, so for the last year I've been uh, concentrating on uh, Angular two trainings and also going to uh, conferences. Um, you probably have seen a lot of noise in the in the social media. I also um, organize a um, few communities in London. So one of them, probably the biggest one, is Angular Zone, and uh, I just recently started another one, uh, which is called uh, GraphQL London, which is uh, pretty new. And then the, uh, another another community that I I just uh, took it over because the guys organizing it um, moved to other things. So uh, yeah, I do uh, quite a lot of stuff. I also do uh, blogging. Uh, you probably have seen some of my uh, blogs over these uh, last two years. And what else? What else I do? I, I sometimes get um, in trouble, so people will uh, invite me to do different things. So I did, for example, um, Master of Ceremonies for a few uh, conferences this year. So, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good, a good uh, year for the last year. Very cool. Cool. Well, we're glad to have you. We're going to get into, I want to talk a little bit about, um, discuss with you about what you do for figuring out content for like Angular Zone, uh, and then as well as uh, patterns that you take to, with all your blog posts that you want to get out there, how do you effectively yep. make sure that you can uh, reach the most people? And what are your strategies for, you know, finding out how people discover your content? Um, yeah, and, sure. 
Uh, Michaela, how, uh, why don't you tell us a little about your project? You have this Angular 2 Comet newsletter that's super awesome. I love it. Uh, I plug it all the time. I'm, I'm very excited about it. You deliver such great content for that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that, uh, what you got going on with that, and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Michaela. I'm a front-end developer and UX designer from Berlin, and I have my own um, web development studio, a small studio where we do mostly um, web apps and hybrid apps. Um, if we can, we do it with Angular. And um, last year, almost a year ago, I started um, the weekly newsletter on Angular because um, I wanted to keep up with all the content um, of the new Angular version 2. And so I was reading and watching and listening to all this stuff, and I thought it would be cool um, if I um, had a newsletter and, and share it with um, other interested um, Angular users. So that's why I started the Angular 2 Comet. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about uh, how you guys go about figuring out what content you're going to deliver for those. Because obviously you're, you're having to do some type of curation, right? Um, when it comes to the newsletter, I don't know how you have a certain amount of uh, things that you plug in there, right? So you have to, I'm assuming you, you weed through content, not weed through, but you look through content and figure out, okay, what's going to, what are the ones I want to share the, through here? And same way with uh, Angular Zone, like how are you picking uh, the next topic that you're going to decide to cover and, and provide relative information that you think that the community is going to value from that? I'll cover it for Angular Zone. I think it's, it's a little bit different for, um, for a meetup, for a community, because obviously, uh, regardless of the topics that you think are, are hot at the moment, you also need to find the speakers. So <laughs> you can, you know, you can have few topics that you are, that you are looking after. So uh, for example, if I'm looking after Angular 2 material, uh, that may be a, a hot topic uh, because of the recent release, but then finding a speaker that can cover this topic, you know, it's another matter. <laughs> so then, in my case, what I started to do is looking into these uh, webinars. So for um, Angular Zone, I started contacting the people that it's not really easy to find locally. So that could fill this, this gap, which is, uh, which is why I think um, I started to do these webinars more and more. And how do you dis decide, like they say, like Angular Material, and you know, there's the latest release. Like, like what what is making your decision on? Oh, this is probably something that people are going to want to see. So I need to find out a, a somebody to talk on that. Like, how are you making that decision that 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 topic is hot, right? Um, I think <laughs> I think that's completely subjective. <laughs> so in my case, in my case, I don't have any process. I just think a topic is hot. And then I will uh, start chasing uh, speakers or content about this topic. But it's basically my my own feeling. <laughs> Do you feel that you have a pretty good handle on that in terms of uh, some Jedi senses with that, that you've curated <laughs> over time, like become good at it? And it just maybe because of 
your experience and the amount of time you spent doing development and, and discovering content on your own and self-learning that you kind of got this feel for, oh, I can get a, a feel for the buzz of what's hot and that kind of leads you and you, you, you predict pretty well or do you still feel like it's kind of a crapshoot? Well, I, I usually, when I pick the topics I think are hot, I like them. So it's difficult to, for me to see if I'm wrong. <laughs> so only other people can tell me. I hope, it, I, hope I have a good, good sense. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. And you can get a kind of a feedback loop from a meetup group because then you can just at the end of any particular meetup or any time during a meetup say, yeah. hey, what are you guys interested in learning? But if you're doing something like a webinar where it's online, that feedback loop is a little bit closed. And I imagine uh, with um, NG Comment that it's, or excuse me, NG2 Comment, that it's a little bit harder not having that um, immediate feedback loop of what people are, the content that people are interested in. I would just put anything Todd Motto writes, just move it to the top. <laughs> <laughs> that works. <laughs> I think it's, uh, it's kind of strange because um, I'm like a step behind where Gerard is because um, every week I discovered that there are some hot trends like the last week were full of IOT, AOT stuff and now it seems to be gone, maybe animation is coming or something. Um, but but it's always like in these two to four weeks um, sections where some for some strange reason a, a topic is hot, and then there are like four or five good articles on this topic and and other topics nobody's writing about. So I I would be curious to find out where these hot topics are coming from. I think it's like when one person starts writing about something, like it inspires other people to, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I see something about AOT, I'm like, oh, I've got a different experience than that person has. Maybe I can add to this by writing an article or something. Oh, and yeah. When you talk about, like, when I see this or when I see that, where are you guys seeing this stuff at? I mean, are you following people on Twitter and you're finding this? Or are you just looking at blog posts? Like, how are you seeing this? Like. Um, I'm have like like kind of three main sources, and most of uh, the it's first it's Reddit and, or subreddits um, about Angular and Angular two, and then Google Alerts are helping to um, keep track of everything that's posted in the web on one topic, and yeah, then it's Twitter, of course. I usually just follow Gerard on Twitter. He'll tell me everything that's hot. <laughs> He's like my news source aggregator. I, I use another approach. My approach is I try to consume everything, <laughs> which is probably not sane. And, and in this case, I also, I also since, I don't know, sometime uh, last year, I decided that Angular was not uh, enough, so I started to look into um, React, uh, JavaScript, and then more uh, like web, like web technologies, because there's some interesting, um, um, what is this? Some interesting uh, pollination, I think. The, so some topics will move from one uh, area to uh, to the other, and. Yeah, obviously in the in the Angular scene, there will be these topics coming and going, but there are some trends. I 
you can see i guess if you if you look into other places then you can see other trends but yeah it's uh, yeah it, it's taking a lot of your time as well so you need to be a little bit um, aware of that no, don't get too much content <laughs> you can get uh, dizzy <laughs> pretty quick i think look at looking to other industries or other avenues and then bring that back is a good approach as well because then you can discover things that maybe these other areas are doing and then look for how could you do that in angular is there content out there about doing that in angular um i know austin likes to find a lot of stuff in react and vr and then come back and look okay how can i do that in in angular and so that's that's another good way to discover content um, that could be helpful to you uh, in the future as you develop stuff of not just what's angular specific but what's doing other places and then how can i do that in angular yeah, I would recommend that. So I think it was last summer and I do this sometimes. So I go exploring, like I go into the jungle and then uh, pick something that I liked. <laughs> so last summer I was looking for some uh, cool topic and I stumbled uh, with GraphQL and I really, I really liked it. And it was really popular in the React community, but for some strange reason, there were no information whatsoever in the Angular community. And I was a little bit like, okay, maybe, maybe nobody knows about it. So then I decided to be kind of the, the guy, you know, taking, uh, taking it into the uh, Angular community so other people could like know about it because otherwise it seems there are, there are some walls and people don't, don't really see what's happening you know, in the other neighborhood. <laughs> That's some interesting uh, things that happens sometimes. That's an excellent point because without exploring what everybody else is doing, you're not going to innovate yourself. You need to, uh, it's an easy avenue to think outside the box because if your sounding board is everybody that you already know who has, is like-minded, then you're not going to get any counter feedback or any um, objection to what you're doing. But if you look at other parties and how they're solving the same problem, you're going to get some different perspective. And I think that's a great idea. Um, not only um, individually, but also for groups. Have, uh, so with the content that you're finding, have you considered bringing in um, speakers, writers, um, or presenters that are not necessarily inside the Angular community? Uh, just to give some counterpoints to different ways of approaching problems. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I realized uh, a few months ago that Angular Zone uh, should cover um, web technologies in general. So since then, I had some people talking about the progressive web apps and other topics that are not uh, specifically Angular, but uh, they are web like relevant to web development. Yeah, so um, what are the, like in terms of just a regular, or anybody out there, our viewers out there that are trying to stay up, I mean, obviously they're watching Angular Air, hopefully they're trying to consume some content here, right? Um, what can we talk about in terms of like, what do they need to look for content for? I mean, obviously they're out there, they're, they're day jobs or building something with Angular, they need to figure out how to do something so they want to do that. Um, or they want to, you know, continue their education on their own self-learning and 
and do that. So like, what are some of the reasons that we want to encourage people to constantly look for content and stay abreast on content and, and up to date on that sort of thing? Anybody? You want to take that, Michaela? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think like a, you know, it, it's not only about like figuring out how to do this or that that I'm specifically working on, but I kind of want to know like, look, I'm going to approach something at some point with the router and I may not need that right now, but I, I know that down the road I'm going to need it. So I, I, if there's something coming out on that, if I'm watching Twitter and I'm seeing people post an article about that, I really want to save a, a link to that like blog post because I know at some point I'm going to use it later. Uh, but I don't know, maybe that's me hoarding stuff. Like I, I seriously want to find out if anybody's got an answer for, uh, bookmarks because my bookmark bar right now is uh, pretty pathetic. It's like that drawer that you have at your house where like your kids get done using the colored pencils and you're like, oh, don't want to put them away. I'll just put them in this drawer. Or you got that bill that you're like, I got to address that at some point. Yeah, I'll just throw it in the drawer. And like my bookmarks bar is out of control. So I, I'm constantly, you know, watching feeds with Twitter and, and Reddit and stuff like that. And go, oh, there's a cool, I might use that in the future. Let me save that. I might use this in the future. Let me save that. So I've got this catalog of content um, that I don't need right now, but I'm constantly saving. I think that's like my um, pocket um, app is looking over the week. So um, the links are uh, coming in and coming in about, yeah, about Reddit, like I said, and, and Google Alerts. And this is basically, I think, most of the stuff with the hashtag Angular in it. Um, so I get everything. That it's everything is in my pocket, and I have to go through it and and check which is worth reading and um, which should be linked um, in the newsletter, and then I archive it, and so every link is saved for the future, even the ones that are not in my newsletter. But I think, um, yeah, hopefully everybody's um, subscribing to my newsletter if uh, they don't want to check everything. Okay, so oh, you, yeah. mentioned a couple things. you mentioned Google Alerts and Pocket. So let's talk about those two things really quick in terms of, so our viewers who maybe have not used those, what are those services? Um, the Google Alert service is like, you can um, add a um, keyword, for example, Angular or Angular 2, and Google will send you updates on when there is a new article in the web or a new um, video, news, everything about the, the um, <laughs> hashtag um, will be sent to you like uh, daily or weekly. And Pocket is like, I think it's formerly, it was known as Read It Later. Um, and now it's Pocket and it is like a bookmarking tool, but you can also read web articles in a manner that um, you only see the text. Mm. I like it for the bookmarking reasons mainly because it has like this little Chrome extension where you can just uh, bookmark um, the page you want to save later and then you can add text and uh, yeah, go through this stuff later on your phone or laptop. Yeah, Pocket's pretty cool. I've, I've used it a bunch um, because of that fact that it's it's kind of like 
an advanced bookmarks, right? Like you said, there's a plugin for Chrome that you can use. You can use on your mobile device, on your desktop, and uh, easily bookmark these things in the pocket. But then you can add tags and make it a little bit easier to rediscover that thing. Because that's certainly a, a problem that when you go to bookmark items and you bookmark everything under the sun, uh, like me, uh, then you end up having to, I, I got to go back and rediscover that at some point. Sure, I can make a bunch of folders and self-organize that, and, but it's, it's difficult. So Pocket makes it easy with these tags to say, I'm going to tag this as router. I'm going to tag this as uh, AOT, and, and then hopefully make that rediscovery of it a little bit easier. Um, I think a lot of people use like Evernote and things like that for similar reasons. Yeah. I try to defer some of my reading, so I'll, I may come across an article or a tweet as I uh, take a five-minute break or something like that and see this article. It's like, oh, that's really interesting. So what I'll do sometimes is I'll just create a reminder in my calendar uh, to go with the back later that night and look that up and then snooze it until I get tired of snoozing it and uh, forget it. But at least it's sort of my Google Calendar so I can go back and find it. Uh, the other thing that I've heard of people using, at least a uh, couple of people um, that I haven't tried, is Pinterest. Uh, Pinterest is a way of pinning different articles and what have you. Um, I know that a lot of people, from what I've heard, use it for like recipes or home ideas, but you, why not use it for technical articles as a way of organizing uh, different tech articles that you want? I, I have two, uh, two apps that I can recommend. So um, I use uh, Flipboard uh, on my phone. And I know um, I have this uh, Angular magazine from uh, Dan Wallin, which is uh, pretty cool. I don't know if you, if you use it. And then there's also uh, the Medium app. Um, but that's mostly because I use Medium as, as my uh, you know, blogging platform. Yeah, I think cool. there's two different uh, strategies there with Medium. Uh, or at least with mentioning a medium, is that you have two different um, avenues when it comes to content. One is discoverability. How are you discovering uh, new content, which you can do through medium. And also the idea of, with the bookmarks within medium, to figure out how to go back and retrieve those and organize those. Um, and I think yeah. everybody's kind of haphazardly defining their own workflow to be able to keep track of the, that content. Yeah, I get, I get for example, the articles from big, big from uh, from the feed in Medium, for example, instead of uh, seeing them on Twitter, which it which probably is after. So, uh, when you're producing content, right, like your blog posts and stuff, and you're obviously thinking about, well, how do I get this out to the people, and how do I um, reach them with being visible and, and you use medium as a platform you know you've got some built-in stuff for discovery for people that are monitoring that through medium to to see your content but what about beyond that you know are you are you thinking about like are you thinking about like how do you how do i think i'm gonna reach the most people is it through you know tweeting about it is it through putting it on reddit like like what are you thinking about when you in terms of when you create your content and want to get it out there well, in my case, uh, I started, I think it was two years ago. So a lot of things have changed since then. So the, men, the, men, the initial experience was nobody's looking at my blog post. So 
that was a really frustrating experience because you get some uh, Google Analytics, and then when you when you see when you see that happening, you you get like really sad. You're working on a on a blog post for one two weeks, and then <laughs> you see that nobody is taking care of it. Like nobody cares. That's that's quite uh, depressive. <laughs> but then I uh, I started using. I think at the beginning I, I started using um, um, how it's called Echo EchoJS, like similar to Hacker News uh, in JavaScript. Reddit, I, I posted in Reddit. I also did um, uh, post uh, my blog post in um, in Twitter, Google Plus, and then as as you go, you try different platforms and. I don't know LinkedIn and oh you want to put it out there so you will you will go and spread you know spread the blog post as much as you can the thing is uh, after some time it it will just happen you you know that was at the beginning when you know nobody knew about the blog post and as you go there's uh, no much um, that much effort anymore so it just happens um, people catch up on the blog post and then maybe it will take some time but the moment uh, people get uh, to see the, the blog post then um, it will just spread like naturally maybe not uh, not in a spike but just you know slowly so you, you don't care you don't care anymore about that it just it happens you know it it probably is nothing that will happen between, you know, one or two days after you uh, you publish it, but it will happen in the next like three four months. So that's that's uh, at the point I'm at. So it changes because obviously as you get more followers and and people get to know uh, your content, then I guess there's people like retweeting without looking or I don't know. There's it's easier. It gets easier. I just have Brocco retweet all my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> you can also do that. <laughs> it's also a good idea to have people who don't have as many followers as you to retweet your tweets. <laughs> what do you think is your best uh, like uh, stream of of you know to get people to look at it? What's your what's your biggest outlet to get you know people looking at your content and you know giving you feedback and things like that? I think in my case was getting my blog post in the Google Developers Experts uh, publication in uh, in Medium. I think that that changed that changed the number of people, um, the impact. But I I don't think I have any control on that. I see the numbers. I can you know I can check the numbers on the Medium um, analytics side of things. But yeah, I'm not really sure. I think. Twitter, Twitter will be on the on the top for me. I think. For me, I think it was um, like posting it on Reddit is always good, better than post it on Twitter with a hashtag or something. Maybe because I don't have that much followers. But the best thing was always when Pascal crashed. Um, <laughs> retweeted my tweets, so it was better than Reddit. Oh yeah, yeah. If you get, in my case, if I get a retweet from Angular, that's the end of the day. I, I just, <laughs> drop, 
I drop my pencil and, and leave for the day. <laughs> just have to turn off Twitter on your phone. It's just useless. <laughs> no, but that's that's not easy. To get a retweet from Angular, it's not easy. So let's talk a little bit more about Twitter, um, because obviously I think it's a it's a source. I mean, I like to tell devs that I meet all the time that, like, look, I feel that you need to be on Twitter. You don't need to be necessarily tweeting, but you need to be following people on Twitter. You need to be following topics on Twitter um, because it's a great source for staying up to date with all this Angular content going through the pipe, right? Yeah. And so I recommend following a, bu a bunch of people that I know that they're constantly putting out content. I like to try and uh, recirculate content through my Twitter handle. So I try and find other content and get that out to people so that people can follow me to know that they can receive some content that I'm you know, curating on, on the topic. Uh, what do you guys think in terms of, I mean, it sounds like everybody, I think everybody here uses, is on Twitter in terms of, and finds and discovers a lot of their content through Twitter, finds out what's hot, what's going on, what's the buzz, uh, what are these latest, you know, what's ThoughtRam put, putting out in terms of blog posts, all these sort of things, right? Uh, is it a fair statement that you, sh you would recommend any dev to really have a presence there at least in following that for a source of content? Uh, make some make a lot of noise that works for me <laughs> but then I also get when you do a lot of noise obviously people get annoyed so it's you know you need to find a balance but it's difficult not necessarily you having your presence in terms of you being vocal on Twitter or typing on Twitter um, but just awesome having an account and monitoring that as a source, right? Because I have some friends that are like, dude, I don't want any part of that cesspool of Twitter. I'm not going to be on it. I'm like, but you're a dev. You're like, you should at least get on there and, and follow people so you could have a stream of content to keep up to date on this stuff because it's worth it. Yeah. That. Just, just don't ever tweet, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you, can, you can use Twitter as a, good, as a really good source. If you, um, you probably have to um, be careful because you can also get, you know, your feet can go crazy. Like it depends, it depends how you do it. But I probably, um, I probably will go to, uh, you know, some of the people that I, uh, that I know that they are creating uh, good content and then I will check what they are up to. So it's a different way of, uh, I, I won't, I won't be sitting on my feet just waiting for content, but maybe I would go to uh, Victor Sapkins and say, okay, what, what has he? What has he done? And then I will see what's going on in there, and then I will move into Jeff Cross or you know Todd Moto or you know all the you know the regular suspects, <laughs> and I will do this from time to time and yeah, kind of Facebook like you know looking what's going on on their feeds. <laughs> so with Twitter and curating uh, your feed um, because finding out who to follow and where to get good content is very important. But how are you organizing that content? Because there's, at least in my stream, if, I'm, if I take some time away, there's no way to scroll back. And there's other content, because you have other interests and everything else. Are you using lists? Are you using saved searches? What kind of tooling are you using with Twitter? Are you using just Twitter or additional clients? Um, basically, how are you using Twitter would be my question. Um, I'm using it um, only as a, I'm using it as a person, of course, um, for fun, but... Uh, Oops. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
She'll be back. <laughs> every three days or so, and then I um, recheck everything, everything which is posted with, on Angular, and most of the stuff already uh, is duplicated stuff or already. I already saw it on Reddit, and I already know the article or the video. And yeah, I go through it in like in the morning, like some kind of work, and um, then I bookmark it and I'll leave it for the day. Yeah, I don't have any lists, um, not at least any good lists. But I think so. If you are a developer and hate Twitter, you just could make a, an account and add some lists, uh, people to a list. So you don't have to follow anybody. Um, one, one pro tip I have for using Google to find things, it's actually Google has like a advanced tool where you can like filter how far you want to go back for searches. Anytime I'm looking for anything Angular, I make sure it's like the past month or something. <laughs> I yeah, do so that as well. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good point. Let's, let's talk about that here in a minute in terms of searching for content, right? Because um, I also want to get in a little bit about the, it's, it's just Angular, and, and we can have a discussion about that. Um, but before that, um, that's a, so like in Twitter, you know, TweetDeck, that's something that I use from time to time, and an application allows you to have multiple columns, so you can follow, you can have your mainstream, you can have other tags or lists that you follow, and so I have a couple different ones that I've set up for filtering just Angular tags, um, some other type of stuff, and then I'll use TweetDeck to kind of monitor that and, and see the content from those different streams. Uh, that's one tool I use in terms of for Twitter. Yeah, I use it too, TweetDeck, um, because of the um, the other account for the newsletter. Um, but I don't have a safe search, so I'm typing Angular <coughs> every three days or so. Okay, cool. Um, so get, get on Twitter. Like you don't have to post, but get on Twitter and start following some stuff. One of the things I also do is I, you know, I'll I'll start following somebody and then I'll see who they follow and then I'll kind of vet what they're tweeting about and to see, okay, oh, this person's following this person. Let me see what their tweet stream is like. Oh yeah, they're pumping out a bunch of content, uh, links to posts and stuff. Okay, cool, I'll follow them. Or okay, this person's just kind of talking about their daily life. Cool, but maybe I don't want to add it to my content that I'm trying to consume. So, you know, I'll kind of pick and choose that way um, and discover other people from the people that I'm following to try and kind of get an idea of, okay, who's in our space, in our Angular space that's using Twitter to deliver content out there for us um, and try and follow those people so I know I can have this constant stream of relevant, relevant content for Angular. So Austin, you were talking about searching um, and the, the point, the tip that you brought up, I think, is awesome. I use that all the time in going into Google and doing the advanced uh, options and changing the date range for what you want to search for. I think that's an issue with development, whether you're searching for Angular content or any type of web development content. Um, everything changes in our industry so fast, right, that you want something that's current. And a lot of times, you know, when you Google search something, uh, there's not an elegant way to really say, look, I, I need the most relevant stuff, right? I don't need something that was written three years ago because I know that API or whatever has probably changed. So that's one way to do it, right? And any other tips and stuff for in terms of when you go to search content? Um, and then we'll talk about it's just Angular. <laughs> well, I can, I can, uh, I can say 
that probably the best uh, the best sources are newsletters because there's some um, there's some uh, curation as you were mentioning uh, before and yeah you need to appreciate the work that goes into it so uh, i i've been i've been a, a fan of uh, angular to comet uh, for the last probably uh, 2 3 months and i i really enjoy it i really enjoy it because it's it's more like getting you know the magazine <laughs> and you get kind of uh, you know addicted to it you're like Oh, I, I think it's coming. It, it must be around. <laughs> and in my case, I also, I, also look, I also look if my articles made it to it. So that's also <laughs> that's yeah. a different reason. But uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, th there's a lot of good content on them. And I can recommend few. So there's, I think, the, the original, I think, is the NG newsletter that comes from an NG book. Um, and that was the, the newsletter that I was consuming in Angular. But now I'm, uh, I'm more looking after Angular to comment. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, you obviously want to mix, you know, and, and get as much good content as you can. So I wouldn't say to go for one or the other. I would say, like, just register to, to all of them. Yeah, do you worry about getting inundated with too much stuff that you're just like cataloging all this stuff? You, you follow all of them, you do all this stuff, and, and now you just got this pile of links and content that at some point when you go to say, okay, I'm ready to work on router code, well, how do I rediscover the stuff that I've saved? Or did you end up just like saving the internet and now you're just researching the internet but it's on your you know account? Oh, the, the way I, I go about it is I try, I try to, um, to see the content. So I look at the list. So for example, imagine I get this Angular to comment, um, new issue. So the first thing I would go is look and see, oh, this is interesting. So I will go and just open all of, all of the, you know, the new tabs and then try to try to see what's going on inside, but not not too much, not too much in detail, but just to put it on my mind. And then if it's it depends because sometimes it's a video and you obviously need to uh, you know save some time to to watch it, or it's a slide, so there's some cool article, and then I need to go to it later. But um, yeah, I try to I try to look at it because if I don't look at it, I would never go back again to that. That's that's in my experience what happens. I don't do lists because of that because I never I never look at the list afterwards. <laughs> so I need to push myself to do it at the moment, in the moment. <laughs> but I think the one thing to consider is as you are trying to drink from this fire hose of content that's coming out from all these different communities is remembering that the depth in which you research or learn something new is very important. So, okay, maybe you're just aware of GraphQL. It's like, oh, okay, I know what that is at the server and at the surface level, and maybe that's something I'm at least aware of, but I don't necessarily need to dive deep into it until I uh, may need that. Or maybe I'm not using Redux, but at least I understand what that is conceptually. But the router, okay, I definitely need routing in my application. So I'm going to dive deep and read more about that and go out and specifically look for that type of specific content to be able to learn a deeper um, 
layer um, or the inner workings so that I can take full advantage of that because that's something that I will be using within my applications. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, if you have just like general exposure to it, right? Like, you know, you're working on something and you're like, oh, well, I saw this the other day. Now you have that exposure. You can go back to some of this content that you've seen before and really dig in and get more depth into it. It's a great idea. Yeah, I think you guys are making an, a really great point in terms of uh, getting exposure to you know what's hot and what's being talked about and what what else is out there, right? Because you it will keep that on your mind for when you go to solve another problem, another architecture problem you're working on. If you're aware that those things exist, now you may end up identifying that you can use them in the future, right? Um, so just having that coming through your your content stream to just be aware that oh that that's something that's out there that's a possibility uh, pays dividends down the road. Also, yeah, uh, it's also it also depends on your on your role. For in my case, because I do these like completely different things, and they are all interrelated. It's difficult to switch. I sometimes maybe I will be looking at the content as a speaker, or maybe as a blogger, or maybe as a community uh, manager, or maybe I will plan for a webinar. So it's all mixed in my head. So when I when I'm consuming content, maybe I'm not the best example because I will be you know jumping from topic to topic. Like I can use this as an idea, or maybe I can. I need to learn more about this topic because now maybe soon it will become, you know, uh, mainstream. <laughs> this, the thing is, everyone is interested in different things. Maybe you want to look into it because it's fun. Well, and I, I think just that point, like you said, and, and which mentioned about the effort and work that goes into delivering this content that you do, that you do for the comment and the newsletter. I mean, these are things that, you're not only you two are not only monitoring stuff for your own personal growth and, and usage and your development, but you're also having to think about how can I pass this information on and, and pick the right stuff. So now you it's on this next level that you guys are consuming and aggregating through that content that you're taking in. And it's a lot of work and, and we certainly appreciate it uh, because that means we're getting this really relevant top content that you guys are doing all this hard work for to deliver to us and help us weed through it so it's really cool yeah yeah well we i obviously we like it <laughs> i really i really like when i do when i find a nice it's kind of a candy you know when you find a nice article it's like yes nice <laughs> so totally. it's, it's all good <laughs> so let's talk about uh videos and we mentioned that a little bit um, and you know a lot of the conferences that are out there uh, in our community uh, put out live streams or put out videos of the sessions uh, right after or we have these meetups uh, like angular zone that has these videos that are out there uh, there's a ton of angular content and presentations out there on youtube through different channels uh, stuff like that a lot of conferences have their own youtube channels and that's where you can discover these videos so um, things like angular up recently and then they have a, a channel uh, angular connect ngconf you can go to youtube and search for those things and find these channels that then have all of these sessions that are another great source for for content totally totally this is this is maybe uh not so so much um 
used, I think, by the people. And I always try to remember the people, okay, maybe you cannot go, you cannot attend to a conference, but there's a lot of tons of good content around, you know, the time. Sometimes people post some content before, like they, they, they prepare a blog post. Like, for example, Tero, Tero Parivianen, <laughs> he, he does this series, like long, long series. And he's like publishing some blog posts and then he does a talk. Or maybe Pascal. Pascal also likes to do like, he covers a topic and you can follow the topic and then he uh, publishes a, uh, a talk at the conference. So it's kind of a small story that is going uh, farther and farther. And it's good to follow it. And yeah, I, I guess it's the best because the blog post is just a small, um, picture but the talk is just covering like uh, the the final conclusion so i would i would definitely recommend talks yeah because and there's there's a lot of work going into them and even if you there are conferences going on that may not necessarily be recording videos because not every conference is able to do that pay attention to the hashtags or go back and look at the hashtags from different conferences oh yeah um, because you'll even get the surface level of that general idea of different trends that are going on within a conference of what people are talking about. So you may not be able to get the specific content, but at least get the topic of different things that you can look into. Yeah, the thing is there are, there are different kinds of content as well. So you have tutorials, you know, we, we are talking about blog posts, but there are, you know, videos, there are like uh, small, um, like code labs and these like few minutes, few minutes uh, lessons. And I don't know, I guess it's like food, you know, you can like, you can go and go for a tutorial and then change for a blog post and then go for a slides, some slides. Uh, yeah, but yeah, definitely try different types of content. Um, and sometimes it's just a small piece of information that it will help you. So I'm trying to find better ways that I can uh, motivate myself to watch more videos, uh, these, these videos, these conference uh, sessions and stuff like that. Like I tend to gravitate towards blog posts and, and things like that. I think probably because I can consume them while I'm doing some other work, right? And I feel like the, the videos, I need to kind of set aside some time. So I'm trying to find a good balance of how to motivate myself to get in there. Do you guys have any tips? I mean, do you guys watch a lot of these videos I mean, in your regular cycle? And, and do you have any, like, secret tips of how you, you know, do you set aside time a certain day or what? You can go to the gym and watch videos while running or something. That's my tip. Nice. <laughs> what I do, what I find myself doing is I print out some blog posts and when I'm traveling, I, uh, I use, you know, these dead times, like you don't know what to do. And then I, I use this uh, PDF uh, kind of uh, version of it. Like I don't depend on, I don't depend on being online. Cool. But that's only when I'm traveling. So you're saying travel more. If I travel a lot, then I'll have a place to watch my videos. <laughs> well, that's the same like, uh, you know, the TV shows and movies. <laughs> <laughs> you need this like zone, this time to be able to do that, right? 
Yeah, yeah, no, and you want to be like relaxed because sometimes the the talks are tense. So you cannot be distracted and trying to watch, <laughs> you know, a conference talk. You won't process it anyway. <laughs> also, another tip for when you're watching videos, especially on YouTube, and a lot of other players have this as well, is that you can watch it at a faster speed, so maybe at one and a half speed or two times the speed as well, um, to be able to consume the content. Yeah. But a little bit. I, I like to mute, I like to mute the talking. Just watch what they're doing with their hands. <laughs> I'm going to go back and watch this episode muted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can be interesting. <laughs> okay, that, let's talk about it's just Angular. Um, and has the dust kind of settled on that? Everybody feeling kind of good about this now as we can go forward and start letting things kind of naturally um, grow back into the for Angular content using the word Angular, and we know that over time, SEO and stuff will resolve and, and we'll be in a happy spot. Um, are we, we good with that now? Hopefully. Thoughts? Um, I, like in terms of uh, the, the comment, right? Is it Angular 2 comment right now? Are you planning on changing that name? Yeah, maybe. So I obviously thought about it. Um, and maybe I will change it um, in the future. But uh, what I'm hoping is that Angular it's just Angular is good in my opinion because um, the the whole version thing. If we have a a clear way to distinguish from from the one point X versions with Angular JS, and I hope this is a clear um, separation from the new Angular stuff. And then it's it's a good name. Yeah. I've been calling all my projects NGX instead of NG two. <laughs> I just been doing ngx. I was trying to do ng star, but that wouldn't work in, on npm packages. <laughs> I don't know if you have seen the recently. I think it was Joe Joe Ims from ngconf. He uh, he wrote this article, like maybe a comical comical article, like okay, so we have Angular one, we have uh, this new name uh, just it's just angular but then a lot of people it's not you know we are like a close a close circle of people but not everybody is so close and the people that they are not uh, in in contact with the angular community in a regular basis they just don't know what you are talking about like imagine if you talk to a recruiter like <laughs> If I go back uh, now in London and they are looking for people, if they say we are looking for an Angular developer, the first question will be which version <laughs> of Angular, regardless, you know, regardless the name of the library. If you are, you know, it's just different people. These people, I think, it will take some time to uh, to follow. But I agree, it's Angular. In, and we all know that we are kind of moving from Angular 1 to Angular 2. So it, it will just happen. But at this point, it's a little bit confusing because we are still, you know, in the process of moving from the old ways to the new ways. But it will settle. We don't, the thing is we don't know what will, I don't know what will happen. I'll start using uh, 
the Angular um, uh, naming convention, obviously, because that's what uh, it has been uh, said in the community. But the thing is, there's more people outside the community that are inside. So it will see how this works out. <laughs> but yeah. I totally agree. For me, Angular, just Angular is fine. Yeah, I think it's a, I mean, a lot of people, of course, who produce content, right, and writing blog posts and stuff, it's, it's important to them because they're concerned about how do I make sure my reach is out there, how, how I make sure that people are consuming and finding my content, you know, if I take out the two and start doing this, right? Uh, but I'm a firm believer of, like, life finds a way, right? <laughs> Got a little Jurassic Park there. And eventually, your, I mean, your content will find a way to the people. And um, you, know, you have the content in there. You talk about what you're doing and what you're pulling off. You, you include in your blog post uh, what, this, what versions this supports from this version up, right, um, in terms of the, the code that you're, you're talking about. And eventually, the, the strength of what that content is will surface up and people will find it, right? Um, we actually yeah, yeah. It's only a trick. It's kind of a mind trick. Because who doesn't know that Angular, it's just Angular, it's Angular 2. So if you don't find the results using Angular, you will change it to Angular 2. But for some people, they, will, they wouldn't know. So they, there will be some confusion in there but just for the people like the new people. Probably for us, it will be easy, but yeah, for the new people, maybe it's a different story. I kind of feel like when you say AngularJS, that means like 1.x. And when you say Angular, that's like two star plus. So oh, that's yeah. kind of how I differentiate when I'm looking. Yeah, I know it's a true differentiation. really please. brought that out. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. Um, the differentiation between that um, exact scenario of AngularJS versus Angular 2 versus Angular is currently actually being played out on Stack Overflow to determine the appropriate tag alignments um, so that people are able to find the right content in the, uh, as quickly as possible. Um, and if we can nail down um, the tag allocations to be aligned with the naming convention that's being brought out by the team, and I think that'll allow people to find content quicker because a lot of people, or while a lot of us are going out and finding blog posts and videos and everything else to learn, a lot of people are still just searching for bugs. I, hey, I'm running into this bug. How do I solve this, this particular issue? And yeah. the go-to place to get that is Stack Overflow. Yeah, and this whole uh, Angular and AngularJS thing actually played out really early on when Angular.io and the website came online for two and above, right, or beta and stuff like that, uh, because we have this angularjs.org, which was 1x, right, and now angular.io, which is two and beyond, and so really you had this angularjs and angular, and that was kind of already set in motion way early on, so, yeah. Cool, all right, well, we're getting to the uh, end of the show, so we better wrap it up and uh, move on to picks and stuff like that. Unless anybody wants one last thing I want to throw in there about discovering content, or we get to move on to picks. Oh, I would, I would, um, I would recommend to look into books. I think we didn't, we didn't mention it. And probably you want if if you want to go for uh, you know a good bet for quality content, 
You obviously need to remember that there is still Angular books. This is also another option for for a good um, quality source. Do books in them update themselves when there's new breaking changes? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like digital digital editions of books, you know, because there's certainly a lot of like ng-book and uh, Angular router and, and those sort of things that are out there that are constantly like living books, right? Versus yeah, hard copy absolutely. books. I mean, should we, people focus on more of these digital uh, scenarios because they they are updated regularly? Oh, and we also miss we also miss GitHub. So obviously, you can also look into uh, new libraries. As if you are more like looking more into looking into the code, but then it it depends if you like to look at the code how people is building stuff. Yeah, that's a, I mean, there, there's a lot, right? Uh, GitHub's another excellent one. Like in terms of uh, the other day, I needed to try and figure out how to build a, a module, you know, a separate library that I want to be able to have people npm install and stuff. And so going to places like Austin's uh, uh, D3 stuff and the yeah. Angular Translate stuff, you know, is a great source for. It's not a blog post or whatever, but you're looking at source code and you're learning from that, right? It's absolutely excellent source to to do that. Yeah, that's I like I like that too. One thing I use a lot is uh, GitHub Trending. Pretty much, you can filter to TypeScript, and that's all Angular projects. So you can look, <laughs> um, you can look at there and see basically all the trending Angular projects. Sometimes there's some React TypeScript foes that creep up there, but for the most part, <laughs> um, you're, you're going to find a lot of Angular content there, and it's a great resource as well. Cool. All right. Well, we'll get all this stuff in the episode notes so that. Uh, somebody can figure out how to track this stuff down later after the show. Um, all right, let's get to picks. So our guest, do you guys have anything that you want to kind of plug uh, at the end of the show here? Um, yeah, I, I have a list to a um, YouTube playlist from a conference or Congress, um, which happened at the end of last year. And it's full of uh, interesting talks. Um, if they were in German, they are translated, I think. So um, you could should, you should check out. I can recommend, I have to go through lots of the videos too, but I can recommend the Ultimate Game Boy Talk and Beyond Virtual and Augmented Reality. Um, other talks are on security or um, information technology in general, how it affects the society and stuff. Um, awesome. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Gerard, do you have something? Um, uh, I have a, I have a um, website, but this is maybe too specific. It's for um, managing uh, call for papers, and it's called papercall.io. So if it gives you, it gives you a, um, a dashboard where you can create different events. So for example, I can create one for Angular Zone. And I can I can share the link to this event, and then any speakers can uh, can go and register the uh, call for papers, so uh, the talks, and and then the, it has some uh, features to rate the talks if you have a team uh, looking into them, or you can uh, ask or start a conversation with the speaker if you want some clarification or you are about to uh, do an announcement for the different. Uh, 
talks for for a meetup or maybe a conference and i found it uh, really useful that sounds really cool um that'd be really useful for angular air so i'm actually going to bookmark that but i'm going to bookmark <laughs> it with the angular air account so it doesn't go into my nasa drawer <laughs> cool all right mike what do you got um, first of all, uh, I want to give a shout out to Angular Beers. They uh, tweeted out during the show today uh, that we, uh, Angular Air, is a good source for content. So um, I will pick Angular Air uh, for being able to uh, find Angular content in the community. Uh, my, other pick, my other pick is uh, the NGConf Talk Submission Committee. Uh, they have about 270 different talks to go through to manage to narrow that down actually going to be during ng-conf so if you submitted a talk good luck and uh good luck to the committee for uh selecting the content that's going to be coming out here in a couple months yes definitely <laughs> they got their work cut out that they uh, do all right austin yeah so uh a couple of things that i like to use um for finding new content javascript weekly newsletter it's one of my favorite um, every week there's a mix of everything different from angular to react to electron it's it's great um, awesome angular too uh, whoever wrote that is gonna have to change their name <laughs> um, but that's a great like awesome list of just all kinds of different content in there all related to angular too it's a great resource um, and then also something that's probably not as well known is I, I like to use this uh, page called libraries.io. It lets you subscribe to new releases. So anytime a new Angular version is released, it sends me an email like immediately. Um, and that's really cool to help you stay on top of, of your uh, NPM update game. <laughs> um, two other things that I have. Uh, I. I think I've plugged this before, um, but Flex Layout by the Angular team, it's a grid layout system for Angular, uh, for Angular 2, Angular. <laughs> um, and it is, it is really awesome. Those guys are doing a lot of really cool stuff. It is, I mean, they, they've thought of so many things. I was just like trying to figure out how to do something really crazy in it, like with responsive content that's got fixed sizes and they're using observables so that you can listen to observable. Like as things break down with different breakpoints on your screen, you can listen for observable breakpoints there. And then my last thing is I'm plugging Todd Motto's NG2 fundamentals that he said is dropping uh, this week. So that'll be pretty cool if you like uh, videos to learn new Angular content. It's a great resource. Sweet. That was a ton of content. Thank you. Um, I just have one. Uh, mine is uh, Victor Savkin's going to be doing a webinar on using WebStorm for Angular development. Uh, so that should be pretty cool. Uh, I'll have, uh, that's in February. I'll post a link to that. Uh, that's my pick. All right. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about RxJS with uh, Ben Lesh and Tracy Lee are going to be joining us. And, uh, Make sure you tune in on that. That'll be a really interesting uh, show episode, and we should have some demos and stuff like awesome. that. So it should be pretty good. And then we got PWAs and mobile coming up after that. Uh, some other things like talking about NG Cruise and planning that. All kinds of good content come down the pipe. So make sure you tune in each Tuesday or watch the videos through our channel. All right, thanks a ton to our guests for joining us today, having this discussion. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate the content that you guys 
uh, curate and deliver for us in the community. Uh, and we definitely pledge to help you guys out in the transition to it's just angular so if you need help promoting uh, your name changes and whatnot we're on your side we're going to help you out with that so um, let us know and uh, thanks again for joining us and everybody have a great week discovering angular content see ya thank you bye, bye.